It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 50. It is January 5th, 2021. It shows Nikki from Stella Shampoo. Cooler is here also. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes where we'll talk about video games. But first off, I want to give an update on my dog situation. I had told Cooler and everyone I play Call of Duty with, um, but to kind of put it together uh, loosely, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash Stella Shampoo during the pre-show, I showed the scars on my arm. I'm actually pretty well healed. It's been about a week. But basically, I got a new dog uh, about two weeks ago, and I already have a current dog who's extremely skittish. Well, uh, at one point, those two dogs got together. Uh, at One of them ran at the other one. Um, and the way that the new one plays is by biting the neck of the other dog. Um, and the way she bit his neck, she actually wasn't going for... Uh, a, uh, it wasn't an attack or any kind of uh, way to harm or attack him. Because he wasn't bleeding, she didn't bite super hard in him, but she did grab onto his neck. And that's kind of her style playing, she's a little bit rougher. He is super skittish and absolutely hated it, so he's running around and yelping. And the only people around at the time were my sister and myself. Well, my super skittish dog was uh, the one being bitten, and um, the new dog wasn't letting go, even though I was yelling at her. So I grabbed the new dog and tried to pull her away, which scared the skittish dog who then grabbed onto my arm and bit um, and cut me up a little bit. Not super hard, didn't tear any muscles or anything like that. But the first time he bit me, I recoiled away, which caused him to cut me a little more because I like dragged my arm out of his teeth. And my sister was still freaking out. No one else was around to help. Uh, my mom was there at that point, like just shouting. I'm trying to pull these two dogs off each other. The second time I grab onto one of the dogs again, try to pull them away from each other. And the dog that I'm trying to save bites me again. And this time it's a little bit closer to my elbow. And I actually have a scar on my arm um, from when I was bit when I was five. We had a pit bull. Um, I was running around and he bit me on the arm. He thought I was like, I don't know, being a terrorist trying to burn down the house or stab my parents or something like that. So he bit into my arm. Um, this was this is the flashback mode. Flashback to 2020. Um, this was a couple weeks ago. I get bit in that same spot again, and this time I get cut up, but I also freeze. Uh, I I don't want to call it PTSD because I have been diagnosed with that, um, but I like my body fucking froze, and I was in that moment. Like you got to pull these dogs off each other; they might kill each other. I didn't know that they were playing at the time, um, but I froze and wasn't able to do anything, and I was also bleeding all over the place, just holding my arm. Um, had to wait till finally my dad came up and pulled the dogs off of each other. Uh, at that point, my arm was pretty scratched up. I had learned that day that if you get bit by a dog, you actually don't want to put a Band-Aid on it because dogs lick themselves and lick random things all the time. So you want the bacteria to kind of air out and not trap all that under the skin. And so uh, I basically just threw some Neosporin on it, uh, was openly bleeding all over my office chair, sat back down, got on Call of Duty with the boys, and we played for the rest of the night um, as I like spent the lobby sessions in between rounds wiping up my chair. Um, and I'm, I'm totally fine. Uh, the cuts weren't even that deep. I don't want to make it sound like I was in some horrific, tragic accident, but it really was scary. I, I don't like being bit by dogs, apparently, which is a fear that, you know, you think that's a normal fear. Like, oh, yeah, you're scared of snakes, but not like terrified of snakes. You're just like cautious around them. Oh, yeah, I'm scared of being bit by dogs. It hurts. Um, but yeah, I had a very like negative body freezing kind of reaction to that experience. And also my arm was cut. I'm very I'm very well healed. I have full use of my right arm again. I don't want to make it sound like super traumatic. But the conclusion my family came to, I had spoken on uh, the 
49th episode of the Airlax podcast is we might have to give up the dog. At the time, I thought it was going to be unlikely, but it looks like it's actually happening. Um, we're going to have to return the dog because um, our original dog is just really terrified and they fight. And uh, it's not good for the mental health of anyone in the family. And also my mom uh, is going through her cancer treatments right now, as I had talked about on earlier episodes. And that's just also an extra pressure that doesn't need to be, um, I guess, uh, it's just an extra problem that we don't need to deal with right now. So unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to, you know, put the, send the dog back to the shelter. Unfortunately, uh, fortunately rather it is a no kill shelter. So the dog should be fine. Uh, it is sad. I, and I want to like wrap this in on the next couple of topics. We're going to talk about in the early access podcast on round. I'm going to talk very personally about my own mental health and Keeler. If you want to say anything, you're probably just going to say the same thing I'm saying. Um, and we have some other stories that we're going to go into about, um, other people in quarantine. But when my dog passed away in October, that was a huge hit, right? People are going around uh, adopting animals right now and they might not be able to take care of them so well when they have to go back to work or they're not around the house so often, which isn't our scenario because I haven't worked from home and we've taken care of many dogs before. But um, in October, when my dog passed away, uh, this was, we, we always have two dogs. Um, this was a very good dog, uh, Mr. Bodie. He lived to almost be 10 years old. It's going to be his birthday that month. That was really harsh. Uh, at that point, we had been locked up for what? It was October, so March to October. Um, and having a dog in the house to at least play with when you can't see your friends is pretty dope. Um, but his health had been declining, and watching it decline throughout quarantine was rough. And so that really, um, I think that was one of my like anchors to kind of keep myself sane. Um, that and working. like The fact that I have a stable job and that I am not at risk every day. I don't like some of the other players we play Call of Duty with. Uh, I don't go out and work out with the public. I don't work for the big Jeffy Jeff. I guess I kind of do in that I'm a Twitch partner and Twitch occasionally sends me a paycheck, but I'm not an Amazon warehouse worker, no hate to them or anything like that, but I'm not not putting myself out there, right? So the fact that I have a job that I like and I care about is something that's still keeping me anchored, but um, when my dog passed away, that was uh, really something that made me feel a little bit more lonely. And so getting this new dog and then not having it worked out is another not so fantastic a piece of news to be hitting me right now. And I've been looking forward to like the vaccine is going out right now. I have some friends who work in the medical field who I don't know anyone yet who has been vaccinated. Um, but I do know friends who work in the medical field who are going to be vaccinated very soon. And I hope that it works out and that Kyler and I as general members of the public who work at home and aren't super at risk and are young and aren't really at risk of dying can get it so that we can have some semblance of gatherings, right? So Kyler and I can go out to an arcade. I mean, well, granted the arcade that we went out to a couple of weeks ago is closed now without like dying or being afraid of like giving it to someone who will die. Or like I, I think I said on the last episode, getting ED. I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast, but apparently you can get erectile dysfunction from having the Rona, which wouldn't be fantastic considering my age and the fact that my dick works perfectly fine right now. That would be pretty suboptimal. Yeah, it's not something that, uh, that's a side of, of all the side effects. That is probably the one I want to avoid uh, first and foremost. But anyway, yeah, just the dog going away uh, really sucks. And I hope that we can all like kind of get the vaccine in 2021. From what I've been reading, it's looking like um, at risk people, the elderly and people in elderly homes, um, and healthcare workers are going to be getting it first. 
And that should be a pretty quick rollout because it's very easy to identify who those people are. Grandma's not running away from the old people home anytime soon. So it's very easy to figure out who these people are and get them their vaccines. But what I've been reading, um, it's hard to figure out who's after that, right? Who's really essential? Um, you know, the grocery store workers or the people who are working at things are arguably less essential, like card shops. Um, they're being exposed regardless. And then there's all these things with um, meat factories are heavily staffed by immigrants and immigrants being eligible for the vaccine, which I believe they should be because regardless of whether or not you're documented, you can catch and then pass the Rona. Um, so I feel like even if my tax dollars have to pay for those people to get the vaccine, they should probably be getting it so that, you know, it doesn't continue to spread to other people. It's just how do we identify those groups and when will QLR and I be getting it as relatively healthy people is questionable. So, I mean, I think back in March when we were on the Early Access podcast, I said that this would all be over in the summer. And now I actually think that QLR and I would be getting the vaccine in the summer. And by the time we reach 80% or so herd immunity, in the fall because you know the vaccine comes in two doses taken two weeks apart i think in the fall that once we get that herd immunity and everyone's got their vaccine that we can kind of start doing things again but that is a that is a finish line that's far away because it's january 5th right now and i'm looking at what august september it it feels to me kind of daunting to have already gone through so long of being locked up and having not hung out with Kuehler or quite literally anyone else to still August be feels like up. so long ago too. Oh, last August. August yeah. feels like a, August, August, last August feels like so long ago. And it's about the same time from August to now than it will be to next August. Yeah. Yeah. And of course the second so, you get the vaccine, you can't go out, right? You need, a, you need time for the second no, one. No, it's, like it's like a over the month process because you got to wait for the first one to kick in and then, get the second one and then wait for that to kick in and then you're good. I don't want to mess it up, you know, when you're right there. And there are other things too. There's other companies working on vaccines and if they get some doses out, that could speed things up. And then there's assholes like this doctor. Actually, let's get into our next topic. Uh, this, <laughs> let's get into that one. This doctor, this is from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, this, I believe is Wisconsin, right? I should have written that down. Um, there was, Wisconsin. there was a pharmacy technician who took vials, a bunch of vials, enough to give the Rona vaccine to 570 people. They took that vaccine and left it out overnight for two nights, and they need to be at a normal temperature. Uh, they gave the vaccine to 57 people, and then they found out it was expired. I don't. I think the article said that these 57 people probably aren't going to, you know, get sick or anything because the vaccine was spoiled and they gave it to them. Um, but they lost between $8,000 and $11,000 of vaccine. And I don't really know the motivation. And I'm not going to get into speculating uh, or like thinking who was correct uh, on their speculation. Like there's people saying, oh, I just said I wasn't going to get into it, but now I'm getting into it, whatever. Oh, th this th this farm pharmacy technician wants to prove that the vaccine isn't going to work. So they left it out and it spoils overnight. And for those of you who don't know, it needs to be kept at a cool temperature. It's spoiled. This is... This is an offense in my book that is deserving of Nikki's volcano. Like this is this is public execution. Just you're not just bringing it, back the volcano. It's not some random person who broke into the pharmacy. It's not even just negligence. It's they did it two nights in a row. 
they wanted to fuck with eight to eleven thousand dollars of doses and slow down the rollout to I mean these are going to their coworkers too. These weren't these ones weren't going out to the public. These are going out to people who critically need it as soon as possible. And this is just malicious. There, uh, there's no reason. I don't. I don't understand. There's no reason to have done this. Don't we all want to not be inside anymore? We're like every for day. For the record, uh, the for the record, the motive is not known. Yeah, yes. it's still yes. being investigated. Yeah. So we're really just speculating. Like when we say we don't know who, why anyone would have done this, we literally still don't know. At the time of this podcast recording. Yeah, and uh, anyway, that's just fucking annoying. That's all. Ultimately, I have to say about that. And so there's all these different, right? When I say like Kuehler and I and everything will go back to normal in the fall, there's so many factors with other companies coming out with vaccines, doctors being idiots and just leaving them out. I've read other stories about, oh, they had a bunch of vaccines and they're going to expire um, in other states. And it's just the the rollout and logistics of the rollout are um, maybe not up to what they should be. And uh, Kuehler, did you get your $600? I don't know if I got mine. I I don't know. I actually don't know. I have to check. That would be helpful. I really do like one of my favorite Twitter. Memes. Last time I did not. Last time I did not get the full two thousand because of my income bracket. So, I mean, the fact that I'm not. I don't know if I got the six hundred or not. Already tells you that I think I'm pretty well off even without it. So yeah. I mean, I would like six hundred to just blow on whatever. That's a case. Of yeah, but like, I definitely like people who need it for actual like survival. Definitely needed more. My favorite meme right now is uh, people Venmoing, like Venmo requesting Mitch McConnell for two thousand dollars. Yeah, two thousand dollars. I really hope that. I, th- I think it was a PayPal request because it's by email. Remember? Oh well, if it's PayPal, I really hope his PayPal is basically unusable. It's just everyone flooding him with requests. I, I, I maybe, may, I don't even know if his real PayPal is associated with his government email. His government? Yeah, I was thinking that it's probably not. So that might not make any sense in the first place, but. That is one of my favorite Twitter memes, keeping me sane. All right. In other Rona news, I read a very long article on Bloomberg about cruise ship suicides and the fact that a lot of people on... So first off, cruise ships are just in a terrible position. You are locked out on sea. Um, I looked up the numbers. Carnival cruises generally will have um, just the Carnival Breeze, which was listed in the Bloomberg article, actually. The crew is 1,386 people, and the passengers are about 3,700. So just that's just 5,000 people right there if you do crew plus passengers. 5,000 people. So this is a small town going around on these cruise ships. And so these cruise companies spent a lot of money um, getting people evacuated and getting charter planes and getting the passengers flown out. But a lot of the employees weren't given the same, um, I guess, effectively a trip home because not necessarily because the carnival cruises are, you know, scummy corporate cheapskates, which I mean, they might be, but one of the big problems I read, yeah, they are, yeah, it's part of it. I mean, they're definitely greedy for having, trying to run cruises. Like I get emails all the time from hotels in Vegas that I've stayed. I'd be like, Hey, want to come down? We'll give you a free room. And it's like, all right, you guys are being (laughs) like, no, but yeah well also like i think the the corporate side of it is that they're not putting as much like effort as they probably should be for having a like being in charge of like a small town's worth of people yeah it's kind of an important thing to like 
put more effort into it. They're being lazy with it. It's kind of their corporate aspect of it. But the bigger aspect is like the global situation. So on the high end of it, these cruise ship employees on the high end are being paid $2,000 a month to work on these cruise ships, which is a lot of money because these uh, workers are usually poor people from international countries. And there's a lot of issues with how do we get them back to their port or how do we get them back to their country? They're in international waters right now. For the crew members who are unfortunately committing suicide, it's really hard for people to recover the bodies because, oh, they died in international waters. Uh, They died here. Like, how do we get their body back to this country when everything's closed down right now? And there's lots of logistical issues also because it's, you know, it's only a cruise ship that will sail across the ocean or whatever. And all these different crew members from a bunch of different countries uh, just makes it a little bit difficult. But I wanted to speak because I was talking a little bit about my mental health earlier. Um, There's some comments about these crew members are locked on what's effectively, I mean, just a building in the water and the internet is terrible. Like as much as we've been complaining about Kula and I being locked in, I can still stream. I can still do my job. And aside from those eight hours or 12 hours or whatever, when my power went out a couple weeks ago, I pretty much have access to the internet. I can sit here and watch YouTube all day if I wanted. But um, the article touched a lot on the um, psychological factors. They're not locked in with their parents. They're not making money anymore also they're on the cruise ship but they're not making money and they're drinking a lot a lot of these passengers like yeah. the only thing they can do is go to the bar and drink the alcohol and they like i said they have alcohol meant for like four thousand passengers at a time so they got plenty of booze um one guy actually um in the article got shit-faced and then was found dead um he had killed himself hung himself on his own doorknob and the last thing people saw him do was he got absolutely hosed at the bar uh, the night before. It says uh, in the article, separated from families, confined mostly to tiny cabins with no obvious legal recourse at, uh, and at times no pay, sailors experienced a more extreme version of the household lockdowns that have sent people trembling, trembling uh, tumbling excuse me, into depression. Um, Carnival and Royal Caribbean each offered a confidential phone line to dial a therapist for psychological support, but several crew members said they abstained from calling those numbers or disclosing emotional problems to human resources staff on board because they uh, were worried it might jeopardize future employment. Um, The family of the guy who had actually hung himself on the doorknob said that the company should have known the hazards of isolating employees for indefinite periods and provided them with appropriate mental health support, uh, not unfettered access to booze, wine, and beer. They allowed employees to purchase as much alcohol as they wanted, confined them to their little cabins, and didn't check on them. They had a duty to make sure employees were safe physically and mentally. And that's another thing. They were giving employees time out of their cabins, but a lot of that time was spent standing in line to get food because the lines are socially distanced, and so 45 minutes out of your one hour out of your cabin would be spent getting food, which isn't fantastic. And I'm sure like being out on the ocean, I've been out on one cruise in my entire life. And it's pretty cool to stand out there and look out of the ocean for the first three days. But after that, it's just the ocean. <laughs> like it's just water. Every part of the ocean to my untrained eye looks the same as every other part of the ocean. And it's beautiful the first couple times to watch a sunset, but at a certain point... It's the fucking ocean, bro. So for people who have been trapped on these cruise ships since, like, what, January to December, multiple months, 
in a lot of cases, um, I can definitely see how it's a real pain. And they do have access. Um, it did say in the article of the complimentary Wi-Fi, but this is this is at sea Wi-Fi, right? Like at the very best, you can scroll Twitter, and once you hit to the bottom, you gotta like give it that minute or two to load everything else to to bump everything up. That must be insufferable to do. It just sounds absolutely terrible. Anyway, I think that'll be interesting, you know, come 2050 when people are studying the pandemic, the um, not just the spread and what happened socially, what happened economically, but what it did to the mental health of people, I think is a completely different like study in and of itself. Because I mean, I'm here bitching, but I still have a full-time job and I'm safe and no one's coughing on me. And I was able to afford a $1,000 camera just to mess around with like that was my big Christmas splurge and it's all good. But I realize that a lot of, even my friends, right? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's hard for me, but to hear the stories from my friends over the past couple of months, like heavy going to work and this bitch wasn't wearing her mask. Not, not my friend, but like this customer wasn't wearing the mask. This person was rude to them, even though they're like out being a retail worker. I don't know. I like, I feel bad for my friends too. That, that weighs on me also, even though it's not happening directly to me. Um, I, don't know, I just really want to acknowledge that the fact that a bunch of other people are hurting more than I am. Anyway, do you want to say anything on that killer? Do you want me to talk about actual gaming stuff now? I, I don't know. Everything's. What else? How else do we even say that we haven't said already that this just kind of sucks? We're not the worst off. In fact, we're maybe the best off in this situation. But even then, it's just kind of bad. I mean, no amount of like, no, no amount of good internet made it feel better when the sky turned orange. That was weird. That was really weird. It's very weird. That was very strange. Yeah. Yeah, I w- I actually I just, was- I, I just checked out that day. I just could not think of anything else. I was on camera uh, that day. So in my room, there are blackout curtains. This is when San Francisco turned literally orange. I have blackout curtains. And so I wake up, I get on Twitter, and I see pictures of people tweeting like, bro, San Francisco's orange. I'm like, no fucking way, bro. You have no idea how you use white balance on your phone. I get up, go upstairs, <laughs> look out the window like, god damn it, it's orange. And so I get on a video call um, for work. And they're like, is it orange over there? And I'm like, look at my face. <laughs> like, I held up a white I, piece of paper like, it's orange out there, bro. Like, this is real. I don't have blackout curtains, but one thing I was, uh, obviously, when it turned orange, it turned dark. It wasn't just orange, but it was super dark that day because, like, the smoke was also blocking out the sun. So when my alarm clock went off and I woke up, like, it felt dark. I thought my alarm went off early or something because it's a summer. It's a summer. Like, it should be bright at that point. And I thought it was like, oh, did I wake up too early or something or what's going on? I checked the phone. It's like, it's the right time. I look out the window and then it's also like, you know, you open your eyes and everything just looks weird because... I don't have blackout curtains, like, the red is kind of seeping in, like, a little bit, and then I open the window, and it's just orange, and I'm like, well, I guess this is just how... (laughs) At that point, I didn't even feel, like, immensely shocked. I'm just like, this is where we are today. I'm not even that old, but I've lived here my entire life. That's never happened before. Yeah. But, I mean, the year had been so wild at this point, I was just like... it, It was a bad feeling, but it was more of just like, well, I guess this is today's disaster. All right, I know we've, uh... I know it's the 50th episode, so I should probably do something special, but, um, and it's also the first episode of the year. So let's complain about video games now. Let's complain about Twitch as usual. Like the old days. All right. Uh, I, we probably should have started with this stuff, uh, admittedly, but I did want to complain about, you know, my arm getting 
cut up. Um, all right, we're going to talk about the fun stuff now. Where should I go with first here? We'll go with Battleborn. Battleborn is closing down. So um, the Battleborn servers are being shut down permanently, I think, in about a week or two. Battleborn, for those of you guys who... Uh, Battleborn for all of you, because none of you know, it was a 5v5 uh, game made by Gearbox. It was kind of like an online... It was a MOBA um, and there's also a single player element to the game, which I admittedly didn't like all that much, but um, I was super on board with this game. So a little bit of my history with the game, 2k games, I have a really good relationship with because they released this game called evolve and I loved evolve. Um, the fantastic game is a very, very rough one V four game where, uh, a monster is hunting down these hunters and the hunter is hunting down these monsters, cat and mouse. Um, there's only one monster, excuse me. And so I played that game a ton, got really popular playing that game on Twitch. And so 2K Games like took recognition of that and said, hey, do you want early access to this game called Battleborn? Played it, loved it. Legitimately thought it was a fantastic game, super in-depth. And I think ultimately that is kind of what um, one of the reasons, there are many reasons that led to its downfall. But it's not an easy game to pick up. You think of Call of Duty, you grab your gun, you shoot the guy in the face. There's not much to it, right? With Battleborn... There's each character, the 20 um, or 25 characters out of the time, could go from level 1 to 10 within the course of the game. There's a skill tree, so you had to get your skills as you were going on. Then there was gear. It's like kind of buying equipment um, that you can activate throughout the game. And it's not like a pick-up-and-kind-of-play sort of game. It's a 5v5 team-based game that's not easy to play. You look at Overwatch, the main thing people compare it to. Overwatch, I, I, I've seen Overwatch at the high level. I've known people who play Overwatch at the high level. I've known Battleborn players who play at the high level at the low level overwatch i mean genji has two abilities reflect and uh dash and he can double jump right and then he kind of throws out ninja stars and that's pretty much all you need to kind of know to get going with genji right you got to read a full document of abilities you got you got two abilities an ultimate a passive and then 10 little abilities that you get as you level up throughout the game in addition to your gear in Battleborn, and uh, it's it's literally a MOBA. It's like similar to League of Legends and Dota, even though I hadn't played those games. But it's not as easy to hop in and get into. And there's of course other reasons um, why the game went down. I'll address in a minute. But anyway, my my history with the game, 2K Games, really liked the work that I did on Evolve, pulled me in with Battleborn. I genuinely really liked the game, and um, would stream it quite a bit after Evolve was kind of on its um, on its way down. Battleborn got a nice little peak on Stealth Shampoo again, and that went on its way down. Evolve Stage 2 came out, and that's when Stealth Shampoo hit its peak popularity, and I had since after Evolve Stage 2 retired. Um, they released Battleborn Free Trial. You could play the game for free, effectively, on Steam, and I think other platforms. I don't remember what I had in my press releases. That didn't really recover the game at all, and the game is being taken down completely. It'll be like it never existed. You can't even play the single player when it gets taken down in a couple weeks. You can't. Oh, really? No, no, not at all. You can't play LAN, nothing. The game is going to be offline, and if you have a disc, it will truly be useless. And that is, a, I think, a huge loss uh, to not just you know people who still want to enjoy or maybe go back to play the game, but... To Gearbox, they put so much time into the development of this game. I think they said something like, I don't want to get the number wrong, 
Um, so don't take this as gospel. But one character <laughs> in Battleborn, of which there were 25, 30, took four times as long to create as Borderlands 2 Vault Hunters took to make. Like, there, there are so many voice lines in that game, and it's a brand new IP. And it's just going to be completely gone, being one of the downsides of online gaming. I mean, if you wanted to play, like, an original copy of Pokemon Yellow, the batteries in those have died long ago, but there's tutorials on YouTube to restore those. You could legitimately play Pokemon Yellow, again, from the 90s. Battleborn I mean, even, is gone, even speaking gone. in... Even speaking in this regard, you know, like E.T., the game that was that's often considered so bad it oh, helped yeah. crash the entire gaming industry, is available in many places. You can get emulators. People have it on the original systems that it was designed on. Like, this is just kind of sucks just for history in general. I don't think, like, just because the game wasn't loved doesn't necessarily mean it deserves to be completely erased from existence. I mean, you, you can play old offline games. You might not be able to go on the servers, but... The game can exist, you know? You can play terrible games and bad games and unloved games, maybe even if they were good. Um, and it's nice that these things just exist for people to, like, play again. But to have something just get completely wiped that no one can even attempt to play it on their own if they're curious is sad. It's a very sad thing. It's a lot of work and creativity and effort that's just kind of gone from the hands of people. It is. I hope they can weird. free it somehow. Yeah, like... I'd love it if they could just hand the game over, I guess, to the public of some if there was some way to do that. I know it's obviously easier said than done in this world, but it would be nice to. So, uh, it's only going to be a couple weeks until the game is gone. I don't even know if I'll give it a last shake, um, just for nostalgia. I mean, uh, the thing I enjoyed mostly about it is the multiplayer, and like I was just saying, it was very in-depth multiplayer, so just kind of hopping right. back into dabble with it and then like... Imagine if like, oh yeah, I remember how much fun this is. And it's gone. It's like, well, there you go, guys. No more practice. We're gone here. Um, that is really a shame. It looked entertaining enough. A lot of people compared the game to Overwatch. I I really don't think the game was similar to Overwatch at all. Uh, I was with 2K Games when Overwatch announced Battleborn was coming out. And Overwatch had their alpha or beta that same day. They had no idea that Overwatch was coming out around the same time, and people compared it on the internet so close to each other. You had to get into one or the other. And there was definitely there's definitely a trend of these of games of this aesthetic I'd say not the mechanic but the aesthetic that were kind of coming out around that time that Battleborn fell into, but because Overwatch was the winner I think it sort of became the default whether or not that's a correct statement to make that like everything else that was like Overwatch was a clone of Overwatch instead of being like this trend that just happened around those years. Yeah, and Battleborn was first. I think we were all leading to. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird, but we consider it just because it lost. Now it's not even, it's not even. It loses its title of time in some ways. I think, uh, to what you were saying, the genre was hero shooter. Like that's kind of what everyone was yes. leaping. Uh, yes. Lawbreakers, Overwatch, Battleborn into it's a class based shooter, and I maybe Two K Games shot themselves in the foot a little bit by also calling Battleborn a hero shooter because this is very focused on the hero. They all have distinct personalities and art styles and all that, but some of them don't even shoot guns. Like a lot of them, I mean, yeah, it was it was a it was a little more RPG ish or something. Yeah, it was. It's the Definitely it's didn't. the hero based part, like <laughs> the the fact that in Call of Duty, right, Call of Duty Cold War, Kula and I have different guns. That's it. I don't have a, a secret ability. An ultimate, like at the most, I have a field mic, and Kuehler has a, a Sam turret. 
Like that's the biggest <laughs> difference. That's one of the reasons I love Call of Duty is because if you have someone who's not playing well on the team, just get more kills, right? And you can kind of make up for them, right? <laughs> Whereas in Overwatch, if your healer sucks ass and you're DPS, well, you're not getting heals, bro. Like, what are you going to do? I know Soldier 76 can heal himself, but work with me here, right? Your healer just truly isn't doing anything. And you just lose healing for that game. Whereas in Call of Duty, if you don't have good map control, just pull out an AR and start beaming people across the map. And it, it's all down to like gun skill, right? It's not it's not class-based. It is map knowledge and all that. But it's you and your gun at the end of the day. In Battleborn and Overwatch, it's a team composition. Like you got your tanks, uh, you got your DPS, you got your healers, and everyone's got to kind of work together. And if your tanks suck, then your healers are getting shot in the face and... It kind of falls apart that way. Is one of the reasons why I, I like Call of Duty. But uh, yeah, Battleborn was... It's very different than Overwatch and people just didn't give it a try. Like that marketing is so powerful. There... I, when people say like, oh, marketing doesn't affect me, you have no idea. It, it, if you've ever said marketing doesn't affect me, it, it you are one of the people that it affects so deeply that like one of the examples I can think of is... At the, at the front of their warehouses, Costco puts out TVs. Not because they want you to buy a TV, yes. but because everything everything else in the store now seems cheaper, which will increase your spending. Like, oh, that's only $10 for that box of toilet paper. Like, yeah, let me get two boxes of toilet paper. Right? It makes you <laughs> buy more. And marketing is so powerful. And the, the way people have been influenced um, over the internet, internet chatter, and uh, to to try Overwatch over Battleborn, I would just they just got absolutely stomped. Blizzard is a behemoth with their IPs, World of Warcraft and Hearthstone and all those other games. Uh, they they are just unstoppable. And 2K Games and Gearbox, Gearbox is known for you know their funny comical um, looter shooter Borderlands, but they I don't think are as strong of a mainstay as the publisher of World of Warcraft. Literally like. That's not the oldest MMO, but has World of Warcraft been out longer than I've been alive? Warcraft. I'm going to actually look this up right now. Okay, no, it's 2004. I've, I've been alive longer than 2004. I'm not that young. But still, it, it's got absolutely steamrolled. Um, so they are shutting down the server this week. I want to... Um, so one of my fondest memories, I told this to Kitty the other day. Everyone forgot about this. Um, but I want to bring it back up on the Earl X podcast. This is, I'm not embarrassed by this at all, but it is super cringe. And I don't like using that word. I'm going to own up to everything that happened. And if you want to verify my story, you can actually go on YouTube, um, and, and see that this happened. So backstory, I am hosting the Battleborn booth in Boston at PAX East. And my friend DB, good friend of the stream had to go to a meeting and he said, Nikki, you're in charge. Um, so I really took it upon, it was my responsibility. Um, Battleborn's a 5v5 game. So we got to make sure that there are 10 streamers on stage at all times. And I'm hosting and casting. Um, and so I got to kind of make sure, there's other people there with me who actually work for 2K Games. I was just hired to fly out and help. Um, but there are other people out there helping me. But I had to make sure that the games are going smoothly. Streamers, you ready? We got five people here, five people here. I had to make sure everyone's woken up on time. I was a little sleep deprived. I went to bed at like 1 a.m. I had to get up at like 6 a.m. It's five hours of sleep. It's not the greatest. I'm kind of crashing from Red Bull. This is like day two or three or something like that. And I go to the Battleborn booth and they're hosting. And I get a text from Randy Varnell at Gearbox. And he says, hey, Nikki, the Battleborn panel is today. We'd love it if you can come down. 
And I was like, yo, I would love to. That'd be great. And I, I talked to one of my friends like, yo, bro, can you cover for me? Like, I want to go watch the Gearbox panel and see what they talk about. And they're like, yeah, sure, I'll cover for you. So one of my friends, Super Bad Juju, actually, fellow Evolvecaster, took me to the panel. And I am not drunk, but I'm effectively drunk. I'm so sleep deprived. I'm extremely tired. I'm really hungry. I'm incredibly dehydrated. And I'm sitting there in the crowd with Super Bad Juju. Now you gotta remember I was a caster at the booth. I was wearing a I was wearing a blazer. I was looking real professional. And so Randy I text Randy Varnell, hey, I'm at the I'm at the panel. He doesn't text me back, presumably because he's getting ready and he's on the panel. Randy Pitchford gets on stage and he's doing magic tricks. And he calls for someone to go up on stage. He's like, do we have someone who's wearing a blazer, a casting blazer, to get up on stage? And I hear this, and I'm like, oh, I should I should get up on stage, Super Bad Juju. He's like, bro, they're calling you up. Get up on stage. And so, like, I'm a wrestler. I run up the ramp on stage, like, unprompted. Like, what's up, guys? And everyone's cheering in the crowd. And I get up to Randy Pitchford, and there's already a guy wearing a casting blazer up on stage. And I greet him. I'm super friendly. Like, yo, what's up, man? And Randy Pitchford says, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm Nikki. Now, he doesn't know the guy who's, like, hosting his own booth. He, I had never been formally introduced to him or anything like that. But he, like, he should have at least seen me in passing because I'd been there for two or three days. So he, but whatever. Um, he's like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm Nikki. I thought you." He's like, "I didn't call you up on stage." And someone got the idea to rock paper scissors to see who would stay on stage. And I rock paper scissors the guy, and he cheats. And so on shoot, I shoot scissors, and he shoots rock, and I lost. Now it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm gonna get off stage. Good seeing you guys. And uh, Varnell saves it. It was a super awkward moment on stage. And he saves it and says, that was Nikki from Stealth Shampoo. He's helping out the Battleborn booth. Come come see him. And everyone, he kind of tried to play it off like it was a skit and it was planned. And everyone claps and I get off stage. At this point, I get back to my chair and I pass the fuck out. Me running up that ramp on stage was the final straw. I passed out. And I was like Walter White in Breaking Bad. I had like a... I, don't, I forget what they're called, Keeler, but uh, like my, I just didn't remember what happened. I had a lapse in my memory. And I woke up and I'm like, well, I don't remember anything that happened. I, th- I slept through the whole panel. I was like, bro, you just ran up on stage unprompted is basically what uh, Super Bad Juju eventually told me had happened. I was like, oh, shit, I don't remember that. And I go back and um, everyone had forgot about this. No one had even talked about it or mentioned. This was live streamed because shortly later on, Randy Pitchford went up on stage to sing the Bigot song. Did you listen to it last night when I posted it in Discord Healer? I didn't listen to it. I didn't have to listen to it again. Like, it, you know, I, I didn't need to. I didn't need to go through that again. I remember. Now, so. I I own up to my mistakes. I I don't really feel this is like an embarrassing. It's a funny and admittedly cringy story. I don't like to use the c word, but holy crap, that. The bigot Randy Pitchford singing the bigot song on stage at 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 a PAX was terrible. The lyrics were god awful. He's not a very good singer. At one point, they pan to the crowd and everyone's like dead still. Like you, you like someone's singing. Everyone's kind of like jamming along. Like you've seen concerts, right? Everyone's fucking dead, like still. And there's one dude like throwing his head back, arms crossed in the audience. It was, ter- the singing was terrible. I It was worse than I remembered. I rewatched it. I don't want to play it for the sake of saving your ears. You just got to keep my keep my word for it. If you want, after the episode, listen to the Bigot song on, on YouTube. It won't be 
hard to find. Um, it was atrocious. And then Randy Pitchford had been found. Like I think he had um, a, a stick of porn, a USB stick. He had left a company USB stick at a restaurant. They picked it up. There was porn on it. And there was porn on it of a woman squirting. And he played that off to be like, oh, she had done a magic trick. And I kept it on my USB stick to study how she did it. Squirting, this is incredible. And this is this is Ben Shapiro tears of not understanding female anatomy. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that just play it off. It is not that kinky or weird to be like, you know, I really like that video of that girl squirting. I'm gonna I'm gonna save this to watch later. Saving your porn is not something that I personally do, um, let alone saving videos. But that's that's not even that weird. And so I don't know why he had to play it off as, oh, I was looking up this magic trick. But I don't know. That's how he did. And just, uh, yeah, the PR around Gearbox, I, I recognize. Not that I was ever a, an employee of Gearbox. Has not been the greatest. And I love Randy Varnell um, and the people that I've worked with at Gearbox. It's just, uh, yeah, I feel for all those other guys that Battleborn is shutting down. That's my, that is my Gearbox and Battleborn experience. It was mildly popular on Stealth Shampoo, not quite as popular as Evolve. Um, and may it rest in peace. And we're going to chalk another one up on the Stealth Shampoo tally board. How many games have I killed, Cooler? The Last of Us PS3 is dead. Can't play that anymore. Um, Evolve, I mean, that twice. just died on its own. Yeah. Um, Battleborn. Evolve. Dead. Yeah, there was Evolve. Dead Island Riptide. Uh, no one really ever credits me with that one, but I played that game for a little bit. That one's super dead. You did play that one? Oh, I think, uh, doesn't Assassin's Creed not have multiplayer anymore? Assassin's Creed does not. I've played all the Assassin's Creed multiplayers. I played it until uh, from 2, Revelations, 3, 4. Multiplayer gone after that. Never to return. You um, killed the part that... I mean, the single player is obviously still successful, but you killed the other one that matters. Oh, and Space Junkies. Space Junkies, the VR... Plenty of VR games I've seen dead. Um, Space Junkies, the Ubisoft uh, 2v2. I, mean, I think that was intentional. I think you wanted to kill that one. That game sucked. You do not release a multiplayer VR title for $40. $40. You do not do that. And a lot of the games that I have just listed there have, have died for understandable reasons. Uh, in a way, like, I loved those games. Fuck The Last of Us. But Evolve, I mean, I understand people's <laughs> frustration with the DLC model and all that. And 2K Games had learned from it. You know, had Evolve come out in the days of the Battle Pass and cosmetics and cosmetic-only releases, I think it could have been very different. Um, and I, I sometimes think about the Nikki that would have come out had had I joined the Overwatch squad instead. Like, would I be an Overwatch caster right now? Or what would happen if, you know, I had latched myself onto these games and none of them had worked out and I am where I am today working um, in VR, but what would have happened had I just chosen different games throughout my professional streaming career? And I was talking about this earlier to Cooler. I will never be a professional streamer again. Like, I can't do that. Eight hours a day, seven days a week, like posting YouTube videos every day, posting TikToks every day. I can't do it. I don't have it in me. I have to lose my current job and be really desperate and not have any other leads, or maybe I'll just do it for a year or so. But do, to do it full-time to be a professional content creator, it's not in me anymore. It's over. It's gone. Um, but I just wonder sometimes... What would have happened if I hopped on Overwatch instead of Battleborn or if I had become a professional Valorant player? I mean, Valorant came out well after I was done playing 40 hours of video games a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I seem to be in a, a decent spot 
for right now. All right, the last thing we're going to talk about. Ah, we got to talk about Twitch news. Okay, so speaking of Valorant, a female Valorant streamer was banned, Tay Huhu, um, who she was just about averaging 300 viewers, which is a good amount of money. Back in the day, if you averaged 500 viewers or so, you could make a decent living. Of course, it depends on where you live. California is really expensive. You got to manage your money well, sponsorships and all that. But 300 viewers is nothing to scoff at. Today on Twitch, 300 viewers, in my opinion, goes a lot farther than it did in 2016 when I was a professional Twitch streamer. Because now we have gifted subs, which we didn't have back then. We have Twitch Prime, which we didn't have back then. Bits, which we didn't have back then. Um, lots of the bounty board. Uh, streaming is just bigger as a whole. The pandemic has driven more watch hours of Twitch. Streaming is just way bigger. So 300 viewers, in my opinion, now makes you way more money than when I had 300 viewers back in the day. So she was on her way up. Um, Tehuhu was banned, uh, this Valorant streamer, because her three-year-old child showed up on Twitch unsupervised for a little bit. She was banned for three days. Now, that is against Twitch TOS, um, someone under 13 being on camera. That's understandable. Um, and that's not what everyone is outraged about. There was another female Twitch streamer, Miss Behaven. I did a lot of research into this, and I found the video clip, um, which I can't play on stream. <laughs> but if you, do enough, if you do enough digging, you can find it. People were saying she was banned for literally spreading her asshole on stream. And I was like, that's hyperbole. I was wrong. She literally spread her assholes on stream. Now, I believe what happened is she has an only... First off, her name's Misbehaven. So she has an OnlyFans. And I believe in her defense, she didn't do this on purpose. Although she may have. I can't really put it past people 40 chessing and being like, yeah, I'm going to get banned on Twitch and it'll generate discussion and drop people to my only fans and stuff like that and i just told people you can look at the video if you want but anyway um her defense to i didn't do it on purpose was i don't spread my asshole for free i have an only fans and i want you to pay for this stuff so why would i do it for free i mean my defense to my counterpoint to that is it drives i'm not I'm saying it's wrong to drive fans to your only fans by the way i'm not saying any of this is wrong but you could totally 4d chess this and say hey if i get banned on twitch for three days, because Twitch never punishes people for sexual content and slipping out of titty, it seems, for any long period of time or a perma ban. In this case, she was banned for three days. Um, now I'll just drive people to my OnlyFans. I could be back on Twitch within three days. I don't know. I don't know if it's 4D chess or not is basically what I'm saying. Either way, I don't care, and I'm not striking her against it. But her stream was on temporarily, and she spread her ass on stream, and she was banned for three days. Tehuhu. A professional Valorant streamer was banned for three days for throwing her, for showing her three-year-old out on stream. In my opinion, those are not those are not equal. Those are not equal. Now, I do think you should be banned. Your three-year-old wandered out on stream, child privacy, all that stuff, um, COPA laws, and all that. There should be some kind of punishment. Just delete for that. the video. Three-day suspension. Delete the video. Whatever. It's against TOS. It's strictly against TOS. That's where I can kind of side with Twitch on this one, right? I feel like spreading your asshole on stream purposefully or accidentally is how do you accidentally do that she streamed on accident she meant to hit start recording on obs she accidentally hit start stream okay yeah yeah that's fair that's fair that's that's why i believe it could be an accident but i could also believe it's 4d chess can't put it past people nowadays i have accidentally hit start streaming before so yeah i can, I can oh yeah, see yeah. that and like her position usually the thing is i catch it immediately because you immediately see the start streaming button like you know grade or something but obviously if you're filming that you're not facing the screen to see that obs is recording 
Actually, she is facing the screen. She sees the camera is behind her. She's bent over and facing her computer. God, whatever. Either way, I, I watched the video. By I watch. I watched the I'm video. I'm glad. Guys. I, Look, I'm glad that you're there to fact check me for my assumptions because I have not watched the video. So, oh, don't worry. I'll you know what? Ma- maybe she did it on purpose. I, maybe she did it by accident. You can hit start streaming by accident. Those buttons are—they need like a confirmation button. To be fair, like ah, oh, that's what I was about I to think say. They really is. should. In your settings, there you is? can set a, a you could set an optional optional confirmation button for start streaming and for start recording, which I have set. Oh, that's actually I, that's actually pretty cool. That's wait, but is it, tip number one? Is it for is it all or not or nothing? No, you can do one or the other. Start also. recording. Okay, okay. Because start recording is very innocent, but then start. Because if you do both of them, then you're going to like think you're going to click OK for both of them, right? But like, yeah. I So I have mindset to confirmation for start streaming. I, mm-hmm. I do not have it set for start recording because someone's saying something racist and funny in Call of Duty. I want to be able to hit that real quick. So I have it for I have it for streaming. That's still shampoo tip number one is enable those precautions. For those of you spreading your I'm gonna do that. on stream. I need to do that. You just listened on the early access podcast for 20, 30 minutes complaining about the Rona. Now, if you're one of those subset of people who have listened this far and are planning to spread your asshole on stream, that's tip number one. Tip number two <laughs> is remove your stream key. Like, it's really easy to go back and get your stream yeah, key. Yeah, I was going to say, I have stream confidential. I had to do, like, stream recordings of confidential information, and I just removed the stream key beforehand just to make sure that nothing would ever get on Twitch. Yeah. And don't be like, oh, Nikki's recording dick pics on OBS. Um, I do sometimes have to record things for work that I don't accidentally want to yeah. start streaming. Yeah. And so I have OBS set up. You should start recording instead. Make sure there's confirmation for the stream alongside removing your stream key. Just two ways to keep yourself safe. And uh, anyway... Tehuhu was unbanned. Uh, Misbehaven was also unbanned, both after three days. <laughs> um, Tehuhu might have actually been unbanned for shorter than that. Uh, it, I mean, look, you can't... I understand the privacy rights of, of children. They shouldn't be you know, just running up unsupervised on stream. Um, and it's in, in the TOS, so I can understand um, a strike going out for that. I don't think that strike should be equal to showing your asshole on stream, accidentally or purposefully. Like, that's just, I think that holds a bigger punishment in my mind. Like, that's not, a, and that's not a three-day ban either, right? Like, that's a, that's just straight up pornographic. It's not even lewd. It's pornographic at that point. Not that I have anything wrong with the fact that she's an OnlyFans or the fact that, you know, she's doing that kind of thing on the internet. Um, Twi- This is just Twitch, once again, being very inconsistent with the way they moderate because... I mean, they, they let all those kinds of things slip, right? But the minute Tfue says raccoon without the ra, referencing a raccoon in Fortnite, and there's a white guy in the costume, he's banned for a month. I mean, I know there's, you know, maybe prior strikes and all that stuff, but they're, I, do, I just, like I was saying, I don't trust Twitch. I don't trust, trust them with the simp ban because, I mean, A, it's just stupid to target simp, but B, also, Twitch has such a long history with not enforcing rules clearly and fairly that they say you can't get banned for saying simp in a joking way. We're only going to ban it if you use it to insult someone. I don't trust their discretion on that. That makes... I, I don't I don't have it in my mind that they will be able to get that right every time or even a majority of the time because every other week on Twitter, people are... Every week, every day almost on Twitter, you complain about bans and all that stuff. Anyway... Okay, that's all I have to say on the Earlax podcast for the first episode of 2021. Find us on Spotify and iTunes, discord.gg slash Shampoo for updates. Thanks for listening. It's been Nikki from Still Shampoo and Keeler. We'll see you some other time.